couple of weeks, if you would have noticed, as you would have noticed, Lord has been talking to us, dealing with us on the urgency of sharing the gospel with others. Can you say urgency? You know, I said last week, there, 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 is, there is no hurry as such, but there is a great urgency of sharing the gospel with people who are outside. And I believe this series, even though I didn't conceive that as a series, but eventually it's just forming a series now. So I expect that to run through uh, you know, a couple of more weeks. Now this morning, shall we all just arise for a moment as we make evangelism our priority shall we all arise shall we all stand for a moment this morning so let us take this pledge as we you know take for, go further into this sermon so this is called the pledge of evangelism or evangelism pledge so i want you to recite this pledge from the bottom of your heart as we read down through i believe that i am called to share christ with others preaching the gospel is my duty Holy Spirit is urging me to preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I'm responsible for those who are not believers yet. I am answerable if I don't share Christ with others. I am making myself available to share Christ with others. I am equipping myself to share Christ with others. Go ahead. I believe church is not only for the believers. Church is for the unchurched too. I know the world out there is seeking for God. My faith cannot be contained within me. I must invite my non-believing friends to come and see. If they don't come, I must go to the place where they are. I believe that Jesus can save, heal, and deliver. He uses ordinary people like me to achieve his mission. Lord, empower me. Give me the burden. Give me out of my, get me out of my comfort zone. I'm totally available for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. This morning, as we take the sermon further, I just want you to focus on what God is speaking to the church amen so by the way i would like to welcome my our dear friend i know i didn't get your name this morning yeah georgina georgina okay georgina we are so happy to have you this morning with us thank you sorry about that yes go ahead how can i miss that miss her right so we all know the story of a samaritan woman how many of us don't know Okay, you're listening. The story of Samaritan women. As Jesus was ministering to different parts of the land, land, and as he was entering into Samaria, Bible says he sat at the well of Jacob. And the disciples went out to buy food for the Lord. You know, the Lord was hungry, like you and me. You know, that, that helps me. That, that tells me that he was just not different. He's just like me. He was hungry too. And he was waiting there at the well. Meantime, a woman came to draw water from the well. And Jesus slowly picked up a conversation with that woman. And, you know, later in that conversation, you know, Jesus asked for water. And she was so hesitant to give water to Jesus. And the conversation was continuing. And Jesus asked her one question, can you bring your husband? 
And that shook her to the core. And she was not sure what to answer. But she said she gave a right answer. And Jesus, in fact, he appreciated. And she also realized that he is a prophet. He is not just an ordinary man. Looks like he knows what she's going through in her life. And later she realized that he is, you know, much more than a prophet. He is the expected Messiah foretold by the prophets. And he realized that he is just standing in front of her. And moment he realized, moment she had that encounter or the revelation of Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that she, he is the Messiah, Bible says, she ran back into her own town to tell about Jesus. This morning I would like to title my sermon as Encounter and Evangelism. Can you read that with me? Encounter and evangelism let's read the scripture john chapter 4 28 to 30 we'll not have time to read the entire chapter but we'll read a couple of scriptures there john chapter 4 verses verse 28 the woman then left her water pot the woman went back to the town and said to the people verse 29 come see a man who told me everything i ever did could this be the christ or could this be the Messiah? Verse 30 says, They came out of the town, out of the city, and they all came to Jesus Christ. So Mamen, she left her water pot and went to the city, and she told, probably this is Messiah. This is the Christ that we have been waiting for years after year, and I have seen Messiah. Can you also come with me to see your Savior? And Bible says they all came out of their city to came to see Lord Jesus Christ. You know the gospel message shared by the women was exactly this: "Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be?" The Christ. Come and see a man who told all those things I did in my life. Could this be the Christ? That was the gospel message preached by this woman to the people in her town. You know, first of all, this morning I want to talk about the encounter the woman had with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk a little bit about encounter this morning. Having encounter with the Lord, having encounter with our God. Let's, let's read a couple of scriptures before we go there. Verses 23 to 26. But the hour is coming. Jesus was speaking this to the Samaritan woman. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Then the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. Who is called Christ. When he comes he will tell us all things. Verse 26. Jesus said to her. I who speak to you am he. I am the Messiah. I am standing in front of you. And I am speaking to you. I am the Messiah. You know the most powerful and astounding words of Lord Jesus Christ. I the one speaking to you. I am the Messiah. You know I believe that those words were echoing all around the Samarian wilderness. Jesus telling to this woman, saying that I am the Messiah, I am standing in front of you. You know, encounter, the kind of encounter that women had with our Lord God, changed her life forever. She had a supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus. You know, many people saw Jesus on the street, 
But this woman had a special encounter with the Lord Jesus on that night, on the day. The disciples were with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me very carefully. But this woman had an encounter with the Lord Jesus. Many people were walking on the day to the road, on the road that goes to Damascus. But Paul had a special encounter with the Lord Jesus. Many shepherds would have walked by the side of the bush in, in, in Mount Horeb. But Moses had an encounter with God. You know, this morning God speaks to us saying that what is important is you and I need to have an encounter with our Lord God. You know, many days, we, I believe, Gideon would have come to the threshing floor. And, you know, he was threshing wheat in the wind press. Many days he would have done that. But on that particular day, Gideon had an encounter. Gideon had an encounter with our Lord God. What about the demon possessed who came out of the country of the Gadarenes? Moment Jesus was entering to the, in the, into their city. The moment he came out, Bible says, he had a miraculous supernatural encounter with our Lord God. Now here we see Samaritan women is having a special, a supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ on that day. That totally changed her life forever. You know, this morning, just want to draw, draw your attention to the encounter that you and I need to have with our Lord God. Divine encounters are experience that shape our destiny and direction for the rest of our lives. Are you listening? Divine encounters are the experience that shapes our life for the rest of our life on the face of this earth. When I go back, you know, I had an encounter with the Lord God. And I'm not just standing there with my own strength. I'm not just standing here, you know, because I want to do this. No, 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 no. I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus on December 31st, 2012, at 7 o'clock in the night, as we were getting ready for the New Year's Eve service. That changed the entire life. That changed my entire life. The course of my life was totally changed off from that day. Six and a half years later, now when I turn back now, my 21 years of professional life took a major turn when I had that encounter with our Lord God. You know, encounter with Lord Jesus changes any hard-hearted man. Anyone who is, you know, even though he, 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 he is for Christianity, even though he is against Christianity, when such a person like Paul or Saul, when he had an encounter that totally changed his life, you know, what you and I need today is an encounter with God. And I would like to talk more about it, but we won't have time this morning. Divine en encounter cannot be really scheduled. You know, we schedule our meetings with our friends and you know, our, our colleagues, but divine encounter, listen to me, cannot be really scheduled actually. You know, sometimes it happens to us because of the sovereignty of God. Amen? It happens. It still happens. It happens even now as we speak. It happens when we are at home. It happens when we are at the, at the bed. God reveals you in a special way, in a supernatural way that changes us for life. Divine encounter at times happens because of the sovereignty of God. Think about Paul. As he was walking, going the street of Damascus as Saul. He never asked to see God. He never asked anything from God. He never asked a revelation from God. No, not at all. 
but it happened because of the sovereignty of God. Divine encounters also can happen due to the hunger level of an individual. You know, sometimes we are desperate for God. Sometimes we are really hungry for God. God, I want you to do something in my life. God, I want you to move on my behalf. I, I, I'm just, you know, totally disappointed, Lord, looking at my life. Nothing is happening. Nothing is going on. I'm not able to do anything for you, Lord. Lord, I need you. Even you are so desperate. We see God moving in our lives. Zacchaeus. A man who wanted to seek God, who has a great burden within him to seek God. He wanted to know how Jesus looks like, how Jesus is. He wanted to know about, more about Jesus. And he got into the sycamore tree and he had an encounter that changed his life. This morning, you and I need divine encounter. You know, at times we think that our life cannot continue the same way it's going. We have been talking about doing something for God, but nothing is happening, nothing is moving. We have been silent all along, all these years. But God had called us for a purpose. God wants to do something in our life, through our lives. We know that we need to change. We know that our life has to change. What we need is a divine encounter that Samaritan woman had on that day. God wants to have a conversation with us. God wants to touch our lives. God wants to change our lives so that there will be something good coming out of our lives for the glory of God. Amen? An encounter is going to change the, the entire course of our life. Samaritan women had a supernatural encounter with someone who, on whom she heard about him, but she never thought that the one who is standing in front of her is the Messiah. You know, when such an encounter happened to her, there was a great excitement that came along with an encounter. Listen to me. Moment she realized that it was Jesus, she got really excited. Verse 28 says, then leaving her water jar, she just forgot the purpose for which she came to the world. I don't know how many of the, her family members were waiting at home, waiting for water to come. But she just forgot because of her excitement, she just left the water pot there. The women went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I, I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. What an amazing miracle. She went and told and people started following him. Coming to see Jesus coming to see Jesus. She wanted others to be part of her excitement. You know, that's what is God, God is expecting in our lives. God wants others to be part of our excitement. So she left the water jar and went back and told, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. He could be the Messiah. And excitement is part of Christianity. Amen? Excitement is part of Christianity. Are we excited really to follow Jesus? You know, sometimes the way we follow God, it looks like, you know, all the excitement is gone. It was all good when the time when we came to Jesus. But now it looks like there is nothing exciting. It's just the same thing, you know. Just go to Sunday morning service and just, uh, you know, continue with your work. And then again, turn back to church on Sunday morning service. How long the life can go in this fashion? How long we do the same thing, you know, without any excitement? Excitement is part of Christianity. Are we excited when we receive the revelation that is hidden in the word of God? Now this morning I want you to check. 
Are we excited to see Jesus working in others' lives? Are we excited to see when people receive the power of God, when people are touched by the power of God? Are we excited to reach out people to share the love of Christ? Are we excited to see people getting healed and delivered from the sicknesses and bondages? You know, this morning God is asking us, God is telling us, you need to add those excitements part of your life. And it comes. They come. The excitements come. God is expecting us that we are so excited to follow Christ. Excitement is part of a life of a child of God. Listen to me some more. You know, sometimes there is a misconception at the church that believers should never get excited about anything. Right? No matter what happens, whatever happens, I'm not going to get excited about anything. People come and people go. We know about it. Right? You know, sometimes we are very prepared to, you know, when we come to Sunday morning service, there is no surprise. We know what to expect. There will be two songs or three songs or four songs. And then pastor will come. Then we'll have offering. Then we'll have this. Then we'll have the time of prayer. And then we'll have a sermon. And 12 o'clock sharp, he will stop the service. Right? So there's nothing exciting really. Nothing exciting really. Do you think that we serve a God who doesn't want us to get excited about what we do for him? That's not true. You know, we need to bring that excitement somewhere we lost that in our lives. Somewhere that excitement is gone from our lives. You know, Jesus is telling, in fact, God is telling in Psalm 34, 8, Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, walking with Jesus is tasting him. You know, it's exactly the same thing. You buy a product and a good product and you got it for a very good price. Do you just keep it within you? Don't you tell others that I just bought this product. It seems to be very good. It's really reasonable for the price. Can you just buy that too? You can even buy that. You know, something like that. Somebody says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Christianity is not a boring religion. Amen? It's not. It's not. Somehow people like you and me made Christianity as a boring religion. But otherwise Christianity is not a boring religion. Listen to me. There's a great excitement of being with the Lord. There is a great excitement of walking with the Lord. You know, when you think about New Testament, New Testament is full of stories of great excitement happening. Remember when Peter and John walked into the temple of God, there was a man sitting at the side. He's begging for alms. But when Peter stretched out his hand and said, Arise in the name of Jesus, he started walking, jumping and praising God. Nobody could do anything. Nobody could control. You know, why such things are not there today? Why are those excitements You know, we serve a God who is alive. We serve a God who rose from the dead. And he can do much more than what we can think. You know, but you know, at times we try to contain God and keep him, put him in the box. Just kind of an offering box. Just Lord, you just sit there. I will do the service. I will do the preaching. Lord, you just sit there. How good it be if we allow the Lord to work in our lives. How good it would be if we allow the Lord to touch some of those people that we have been praying for. How good it would be, some of those, our neighbors, you know, we are, we are, they are in our prayer list already. How good it would be asking God, Lord, you would touch those lives, Lord. 
Change them, O oh God. Christianity is not a boring religion. If there is anything that we should be, we should get excited. It is about our religion. It is about you know being a Christian, being a child of God. Forget about religion. Sorry, just being a child of God. You know that gives me great excitement that I am a child of God. I'm able to walk with him. You know, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Christianity was not ever meant to be boring. He is very clear. Read that with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. We all need sound mind. Nobody can go crazy in the presence of God. Yes, I am amen. We all need sound mind, mind to think the right thing, mind to communicate with God, mind to pray for others, mind to work, you know, do the work of God. We all need sound mind. And he has given us the power, the sp- not the spirit of fear, but the power, of power and of love and of sound mind. Christianity is exciting. You know, when we activate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our Christian life becomes and excitement but when we suppress the holy spirit when we quench the holy spirit you know bible says the holy spirit can be quenched now, I, I had a tough time to understand what do we quench normally we can quench our thirst by drinking more water we can quench a, 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 a candle which is you know burning we can maybe quench that fire but how can we quench suppress the power of god bible says it is possible when we quench the holy spirit we will lose that excitement. We will lose that excitement. You know, the gospel is the most exciting thing that had ever happened on the face of this earth. Gospel is the more exciting things, thing. You know, it is more exciting than Super Bowl. It is more exciting than, you know, falling in love with somebody. Amen? Mm, you know what it is, right? So it, it, is, it, is, it is much more exciting than... The excitement that we could ever think on the face of this earth. What is more exciting? Gospel. Can I hear that from you? Gospel. Gospel is more exciting than anything that ever we could think on the face of this earth. Now we need to get there. The grasp the awesomeness of our God. The, the gospel speak about and the Acts, the book of Acts, we see the demonstration of the power of God. You know, when we are excited about our God, that will draw more people unto him amen in our workplaces in our colleges in our universities in our schools when we are more excited about our god god will draw more people into him you know at times we are afraid so afraid to open up with people in workplaces we are so afraid at times to talk about christ in our workplaces we cover our identity with multiple you know uh, multiple blankets one over the other we try to cover the identity of jesus nobody should see that i am a christian what a shame it is what a shame it is you know i ask god may give us the boldness to proclaim the love of god to proclaim the goodness of god this, to this generation that is dying that is perishing Finally, I want to talk about her evangelism. We talked about her encounter. We talked about her excitement. We talked about her evangelism. For the Samaritan woman, it was not just an encounter. It was not just an excitement. But she had a great moment of evangelism, doing evangelism in her life. So the encounter and the excitement that followed after the encounter led her to experience evangelism in her life. You know, Christian life just is, is just hanging off way through if we don't attach ourselves with, you know, with evangelism. 
if we never forget you know if we ever forget to do do evangelism our christian life is not complete it is missing something miserably you know we don't have the joy of following god we don't have the excitement of following god because we have not created any followers to follow christ are you with me this morning you know we need to work to create some more followers to follow us you know we are all called as a shepherd not just my myself alone we are all having we are all have a, we all have a responsibility to lead people to Christ when there are a couple of people following you you take them to the church and you sit with them and pray for them and you teach them the word of god you know there is such a great joy of doing something in the kingdom of god and i believe god is asking us to do that so she rushed back into her own town verse 29 come see a man who told me everything i ever did could this be the messiah they came out of the town and made their way toward him this woman was a social outcast she was even considered as a prostitute on that day when she comes and tells something people could have thought that you no know, she has gone crazy she's already crazy but people did not think that way you know we have a misconception about people today sometimes when we think about people you know when we want to minister to them we think that they are against christianity but that's not true they may have tattoos everywhere on their body you know they may have their whole hair going in different directions their dressing may not be proper but they have a great desire inside of their heart for jesus for jesus we judge people by just looking at them if they would have looked at the samarian samaritan woman then they would have said you know she has gone crazy just don't do anything don't follow don't we don't have anything to do with her she's such an outcast but bible says my bible says as we read verse 30 they came out of their town and they made their way toward him i don't know how many of them thousands and thousands of them kind of lined up there you know as she was leading them to to whom to the savior to the savior what an evangelical ministry that she was involved in. within a few fraction of seconds in a few seconds few minutes god changed your life totally an encounter an encounter with the lord god changes lives around people came to see jesus what she did her life was not an issue at all i mean that doesn't mean that we are saying that you know go ahead and sin no 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 we are not saying that but moment a sinner comes to jesus he forgives he forgives and the one thing which is hard for me to realize or us to understand is that the very next day god starts using them in the kingdom of god we couldn't i couldn't understand that i think that if we need to go to bible college we need to just get educated we need to work under a pastor for so many years and then only you can come up to evangelize but that's not in the agenda of jesus such a woman richard woman she was living in in a very pathetic life when she came to know jesus she became an evangelist god looks at our heart he doesn't look at the way we look at people irrespective of our social their her social condition the messiah took time to speak to her irrespective of her, you know how she looked how she lived her life jesus came to meet her at the well you know that is our god we serve the same god we are not different from them do not just run away when we see people who are not godly do not just run away people when they are so dressed exposing their body parts just don't run away from them just stay there just stay there they need jesus they need jesus like i need jesus i like we need jesus let's not neglect them let's not neglect them 
people came out of the town to see Jesus. People are always willing to see supernatural things. Listen to me this morning before I close. Let's read verse 39 to 42. 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed. What was the result of that ministry that she did? Many of the Samaritans were believed. They, they believed from that town in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. That was the testimony. He told me, I don't know whether word of knowledge worked in Jesus or it may be a prophetical moment in Jesus, but you know, he is Jesus anyway. He knows everything about what is happening in her life. He told me everything I ever did. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him and he stayed two days. Those people, they listened to the gospel, they came and they want to be with Jesus. You know, Jesus is liked by, liked by millions of people in this world. Not just we. There are many people, they love Jesus, they like Jesus. Verse 41, and because of his words, many more became believers. Then two days he would have preached. And there were more believers getting added. Verse 42, they said to the women, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Now we have seen. You know, that's what will happen when we bring people and introduce them to Christ. And you just disappear from the scene. You don't have anything to claim. Paul would have planned it. Apollos would have wanted. But God gives the increase. God takes all the glory. It doesn't matter how many of us, how many people are brought into the kingdom of God. But all the glory goes to God. Because people are seeing Jesus, not me, not myself, not you. They are seeing Jesus. They are seeing Jesus. And there was a need of a supernatural breakthrough. I want you to listen to this. For the people to come to Christ. What was the supernatural moment? Jesus speaking into her life. Saying that this is what is going on in your life. That was a supernatural thing. And that miracle triggered the initial faith. Oh, in the people of Samaria. Listen to me. That supernatural miracle just triggered the faith in the Samaritans. And Bible says later they became believers. Not, and they say that, the verse says that not because they saw the supernatural things, but because they started listening to the word of God. You know, supernatural things are good when we minister outside the church. When people see God working, God healing, God delivering people, their faith goes up. And they put their trust in Lord Jesus. And you bring them to the church and they listen to the word of God. And then their spiritual life will go. Our relationship with Christ cannot be really based on miracles and healings. Our relationship with Christ can be based only on the word of God. But miracles and healings are necessary to trigger somebody's faith. So that he or she will put their faith in Lord God. Amen. You know, church must, must be Holy Spirit empowered. So that God can perform supernatural miracles in the life of unbelievers. But when they believe... We should be able to teach the word of God. The pure milk with which we'll be able to feed those new believers. And so that they can grow in the Lord. And church must minister in a very balanced way. Allowing the supernatural miracles to take place. With the power of the word of God. That's what exactly Jesus did. Wherever he went, he preached the word. 
He healed the sick. He dearly delivered the demon possessed. You know, this is a mandate that you and I have today as we continue the church that Jesus established on the face of this earth. Our excitement and our encounter must invite others to Christ. Amen? And I believe this morning, God is speaking to us. So this encounter and this exciting moment were experienced by many missionaries to left their country to lift all their comforts and went into the jungles of Africa and India and other part of the land carrying the precious gospel. Jesus said, if you remember, Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom, can you read that with me? This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. You know, God is not just tarrying. Even though he promised, he is tearing because no one should perish. No one should perish. You know, you and I have a mandate today to reach this generation for God. I do not know how we are going to do it, but there is a mandate on us. We need to, we must, we must. Otherwise, I don't know when, when, when the punishment of God is going to come upon us. If we keep silent, if we keep quiet, without moving the way that God is moving us. At times, you know what, life is not all about comfort. Listen to me, I will close soon. It's all about sacrifice. It's all about the hardships. It's all about the sufferings for the gospel's sake. Dr. Graham Stewart Staines was an Australian missionary, Christian missionary, who was born in 1941 at Palmwoods, Queensland in Australia. He visited India in 1965 for the first time and he joined the Evangelical Missionary Society of Mayurbanj and he was working in the remote tribal areas in Orissa. You know that area is known for long missionary activities. You know there were so many missionaries came and went. Graham married Gladys and they had three children, a daughter Esther and two sons Philip and Timothy. Most of us know the story. Staines took over the management of the mission at uh, Baripada in 18, sorry, 1983. He also played a very major role in the establishment of Mayurbanj Leprosy Home as a re registered society in 1982. We're talking about the northern part of India, that's where he came to. Graham was fluent in Oriya language, the local language, and the, uh, there was another local dialect by name Santali. Santali. So Stain could speak very well Oriya, and he also could speak the local dialect. So he began his outreach ministry into those villages with the message of the gospel, lifting up Jesus in those villages among the tribal people in, those, in that area. And he also assisted translating the Bible, a part of the Bible, into a language by name Ho, H-O, Ho language, including he also did the proofreading for the entire New Testament in that language. You can imagine a man who was born in Australia, coming to the land of India, and you know, working as a missionary, learning the local language, a couple of languages, and even translating the Bible. When the couple worked, was working in Oriya, there was a fire in Baripada that left almost 100 or more than 100 people dead and many were really horribly burnt 
And the local hospitals, you know, they could not really cater the need of those patients, those fire-burned patients. And, but Gladys just stepped in because she was a trained nurse there. And she spent days and nights treating those inju in injured people. And this couple also worked as you know, part of the pulse polio immunization drive. Graham distributing the pamphlets to the people, you know, making the awareness about the polio and you know, making people to take the right treatment on right time. And Gladys drew the jeep in Baripada you know, and they were creating the awareness among people. They worked more than 25 years in, in that part of the land. So Graham was never you know, into any controversies because he was admired and appreciated the kind of work that he was doing in that part of the land. Now all that he did was he was spreading the message of the Lord and you know what Warisa is a devout Hindu state but Graham as a preacher of the gospel he always worked among the people who suffered from malnutrition and illiteracy and he was always a man of God there helping out people you know to come up in their lifestyle come up from, from their poverty line and Graham used to visit the jungle camps to instruct the tribal on a range of subjects, you know, ranging from public literacy and the public health, and he also talked about Bible and, you know, teach and preach them about Bible. And he, he gathered people in the jungle and he do this mission work of God. Now, on the night of January 22nd, 1999, Graham had attended a jungle camp in a village called Manoharpur, which is the tribal area. So he was on his way with his son. And those two sons, Timothy and the other son, who they came back on holiday from their school in Wooty. So Wooty is a hill station, and these children were brought to home, and Graham took them for the ministry. They broke the journey for the camp, and they wanted to sleep, and they slept in their vehicle because it was severe cold. And his wife Gladys stayed back in Baripara. She did not travel with now, a murderous crowd who were not happy with Graham because he recently worked with 22 families and converted all 22 families to follow Christ. They set fire to the vehicle in which the father and the two sons, Philip, age 9, and Timothy, age 7, were sleeping. Three of them were burnt alive. The missionary had worked in India for more than 30 years. More than 10,000 people attended in their, in their funeral. Gladys Staines. It happened in 1999, so we have all the pictures and evidence. Not very far. It happened in our own land. Gladys Staines, the widow of the slain missionary, said that she had forgiven the killers and had no bitterness for them, ever. She sang the song, Because He Leaves, at the funeral of her husband and of her two sons. All we need is an encounter from our Lord. That changes lives. Shall we all stand for a moment?